welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and I'm a wellbeing and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and passionate about helping more women to understand and accept their amazing ADHD brains. After speaking to many women just like me, and probably you, I know there is a need for more health and lifestyle support for women newly diagnosed with ADHD. In these conversations, you'll learn from insightful guests, hear new findings and discover powerful perspectives and lifestyle tools to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and purposeful life wherever you are on your ADHD journey. Here's today's episode. So hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. And I wanted to share with you some interviews from previous episodes. There's so much content now in the podcast that if you are coming in fresh and you are overwhelmed by the amount of episodes, I'm going to be pulling together over the next few weeks episodes and content that I really believe sort of mesh together and guests who are sort of talking about similar things, similar themes, but from different angles and perspectives. So it's my absolute passion to be able to bring to you the best experts and specialists who can really talk about their ADHD and how it's shown up in their life and also how they've overcome challenges. And this week's episode, we are talking about learning how to stop preventing burnout, noticing the signs of our burnout, and also celebrating those achievements as well, Being learning how to pause and reflect and see what we've done, that we don't have to keep going, 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 which obviously contributes to burnout. So we have Kim Rain and also Vivian Isabel, and both of them talk about how their ADHD has shown up and given them this drive and this ambition, but also on the flip side, how it's contributed to cycles of burnout and feeling exhausted and what they do, how they help themselves. It's really valuable um, content here. So I really hope that you get a lot from it. You're able to perhaps see yourself in both Vivian and Kim. Vivian also talks about her space that she's created called the ADHD Babes as well for minority people with ADHD. So if you are prone to burnout and you notice these cycles and you notice this, this desire to keep producing and achieving and learning and growing, it's an amazing trait of ADHD, but it can also be part of our downfall as well. So listen to the episode, see what you can take from it and also the practical tools and also the mindset tweaks that we can have and the reframes where we can learn to settle and rest a little bit while still achieving and using our fantastic ADHD brains. Here's today's episode. I've been coaching for 17 years and in the health and wellbeing space, really, and officially ADHD for the last year, but unofficially the last four years, um, because what happened was one of my clients came to me and she was an extremely successful lady. She was the global head of talent for a big media firm that we would all know and said, Kim, I think I've got ADHD. And I was a bit taken aback as, you know, thinking, well, I couldn't quite fathom it because she was so successful and so driven and just that complete opposite of what I believed ADHD to be. And obviously that set me on opening this Pandora's box that, you know, really led me down a path of real discovery and and my own diagnosis. But actually, once I became aware of what ADHD was, I realized that I'd unknowingly been coaching ADHD for all, for the 17 years in so many of my clients because actually they were successful. They were doing well either in their own businesses or in their careers, 
but the burnout, the lack of confidence, the overwhelm, and would just be crippling the anxiety at times and the self-doubt. And that was a lot of what I was coaching. And obviously some people I was coaching and they get well and they take everything, the strategies on board and off they go. And then there were those people that were, you know, it was just a real struggle for them. And I was saying to somebody the other day, actually, I didn't know about ADHD. And with some clients, it was like there was an elephant in the room, but you didn't quite know what the elephant was. There was something that wasn't quite, we just couldn't, we just couldn't grasp it. And of course, when I understood ADHD, it was such an eye opener because, yeah, it turned everything I believed about ADHD on its head. And, um, you know, our brains are amazing for business. We're great at business. We're great at entrepreneurship and careers and we can be you know we're leaders and we can be really amazing charismatic get everyone going full of the ideas and all of these things but that can also be you know the amount of ideas the fast brains can also be the downfall as well yeah I mean I talk about this that our brains and our nervous system are like kind of almost like polar opposites our brains are on the go all the time never letting up and our nervous system is just like begging us for rest and begging us for like calm yeah. and, and that's where we get that like resistance because we aren't often that they're not computing and they're going against each other and that's where we get the burnout and it's trying to be able to manage the brain so we are doing all the dopamine um, led interest driven things, all the creative, all the exciting things, especially in business and coming up with all these new ideas, but then knowing when we need to rest and retreat and recharge and re-energize. And very often our brain is the louder, more dominant force and our nervous system only gets shoutier and louder when it's about to keel over and get very poorly and that's when we see the burnout and I think until we get an ADHD diagnosis we blame ourselves we're like well, come on other people can do this and other people like live this fast-paced life why do I keep burning out why do I keep needing to just shut the door and, and not leave for a week so I actually think it's it's so liberating understanding what that elephant is you know knowing what it is and being able to name it label it see it for what it is and be like right okay now what? Now what do we do business-wise? What do we do career-wise? And having that acknowledgement that it's there, it's not going away. You know, yeah. it's it's been there yeah. forever. <laughs> it still needs managing. <laughs> yeah, it's like taming it, but also allowing it to thrive in an ecosystem that um, is is healthy and that gives us an opportunity to to work the way we need to work to achieve and accomplish what our brains want us to ac- accomplish. And I've it's very frustrating at first because say you have all these ideas and you want to launch all these things and travel and work all evening but actually we all we need to do is sleep and we need to kind of like down tools it can be very frustrating so how do you I guess is that how do you work with entrepreneurs and I'm thinking about myself here to achieve what they want to achieve but still kind of keep their ADHD in check and allow them to thrive without feeling like they're constantly having to sort of subdue themselves. It's interesting because again, I can think some of my clients will come on and they'll say, right, as long as you're not going to ask me to work less, (laughs) you know, the fear is that I'm going to say to them, you you need to work less. And it's quite interesting because I I was thinking the other day, you know, I work with the clients that I work with that are in their thirties are don't make me work less. We talk about 
burnout and pausing and you know what's actually needed to really for you to really step into your business and to really be the CEO of your business is not just about the drive forward it's about being able to step back and have the ideas and see things forward and have the energy but in the 30s it's like okay well I'm going to keep going until I until I can't go anymore and then women in their 40s are more like okay now I'm starting to listen a little bit and in their later 40s they're like okay I'm with you I know tell me how I manage this so I think first of all it's kind of setting expectations and creating an understanding and education as to what's really needed and I think sometimes when you haven't been through what burnout really is it can be quite difficult to get that across um you know like 49 year old me wants to go back and smack 39 year old me and go listen listen to what you know I was the same as yours I was a wellness coach I was coaching people and giving them all the advice to slow down and yet I was going 19 to the dozen myself so I think one of the things as well is it is that whole thing of self-acceptance. So it's getting to the point of realizing that, you know, actually when we can slow down, we can, we can be so much more productive. We can be so much more creative. We, we can actually use the talents of ADHD to our advantage. Whereas when we are going all the time, it's very difficult because it gets really scrambled. And so the symptoms come up and it's kind of like that crash and burn. Off I go again, crash and burn. And then comes in the self-doubt and the the erraticness, I think, that can sometimes come and that can cause quite a lot of the shame that women can feel around their ADHD, particularly when they don't know that that is ADHD. So I think it's setting expectations and education. And I think it's understanding how to, to harness these things. So for example, like hyperfocus. Hyperfocus is phenomenal, something that we have. It's amazing. I used it last night myself, but actually I used to use it all the time. And I used to not be aware of that I was hyperfocused and actually that that wasn't necessarily a good thing because I would go and go and go. And, and the analogy, you know, you said explaining about the nervous system and the brain we're not great at listening to our bodies. We're not great, like you say, at picking up those signals. So I, and I see this, you know, it would be a complete crash and then it's wipeout. So actually when somebody's been through that and they see that that actually affects their productivity, that affects their their profitability and their revenue and, and you know, the cultures within their business, then it's like, okay, how do I manage this? And understanding that actually, Less is more, but to say that to someone with ADHD is <laughs> it's not it's not always very helpful. Um, I understand now how I work, and I know that actually I'm a sprinter, and I need to build around that the downtime before and after, and then I can go. So having that you know plan to my year, plan of what's coming up in my business, as opposed to being reactive all the time. Um, and I think that when we're reacting, that's when we can find ourselves thinking, oh, okay, that's brilliant. I've got have my head down to the detriment of everything else. Health, family, friends, fun, all of those things. Yeah. I can remember my first sort of burnout and everything kind of came crashing down. And I was, it stopped, everything stopped. I went to bed. I didn't move or, or speak really for kind of two days, for a whole weekend. 
we went on holiday and I came back and off I went again because I just topped myself up a little bit and I went on like that for quite a while just topping up topping up until you know I think I was 43 44 and the big burnout came that took me months and months to to recover from you know there was no more topping up and so I think that you know I see burnout a lot with ADHDs in business and it's it's something that um I was going to say it's unnecessary, but it's very hard for us not to do. And I don't think we should feel shame around the fact that it's happening. But I think, you know, in our 40s, definitely we, we've got less resilience. And so we need to really look at the balance in work and life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like an episode like you mentioned where it takes months to recover. Those are the episodes where it's like, okay, we need to listen now. This is it. This is we've had a big fat warning. We've had that bathroom floor moment where... We either listen yeah. and things have to kind of really change or this is just going to be a cycle for the rest of your life. And you can make a decision. You can choose now which way you want to turn. So in a way, it's kind of like, thank you again for, for showing me how it is that I want to move forward. And if, again, we've had this ADHD diagnosis or awareness, then it's like, okay, it's not going anywhere. This tendency for me to kind of go full mode and then just yeah, crash. Yeah, <laughs> is not probably going to disappear. It's just going to manifest and show up in different ways. Yeah. So it's like, how do we want to live our life now? Like what, what choices yeah. do we want to make? I think as well, what I also see and what I experienced myself for a long time after that was a real loss of confidence in my ability to get my head down and do the work. So actually for a, a, for, for a good few years, and again, I see this now in clients is they then hold back for moving forward in their businesses, for taking the next step, for scaling their businesses, because the fear that they are going to burn out is actually really great. And they think, I do not want to go back to that place again. And it doesn't need to be like that. It really doesn't because, you know, we we are so good for business. Our brains are perfect for it. You know, we have, we fail fast. We have ideas. We find solutions really easy. We're creative. We're tenacious. And, Actually, we don't need to be afraid, but we do need to pay attention to this part of us that actually can be our Achilles heel and understanding, you know, what I what I see and have seen again, this is like going back the 17 years is enough. Enough has always come up in coaching. It's like the women who they don't feel like they do enough. They don't feel like they have enough and they don't feel like they are enough. And it's always what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And, you know, I, I run a program called ADHD Business Mastery and we'll talk about you know having more focus success and confidence in business it's not about strategy it's about those three things but one of the things that comes up again is people that are building their that built their careers really quickly because it's like what's next what's next what's next and there's no pause to celebrate what they've done so nothing ever feels enough because it's not recognized it's not noticed because it's just this constant need the hyperactivity that keeps us needing to move move forward and to stay in the moment is either uncomfortable or uninteresting and it's like I've done that now on to the next thing and, and quite often you know you speak to ADHDs and they tell you what they've done and you're like aghast like how have you managed to do all of that in one lifetime but I know how they do it because they don't stop to it's just never enough. So it's always the next thing. And I think that that drive is, again, what makes us so phenomenal in business, but is what we really need to be careful of because 
you know, I speak to women that would be like, okay, I, you know, like working at night. I did this last night. I don't very often do it now. And I think this is the difference for me now and what I try and work with my clients is I have to work with my energy. And actually there is that time when I'm in the flow and it's working and I need to pull it out of the bag. And, I, you know, I said to my husband, do you know what? I'm just going to crack on tonight. And I haven't done it for ages, but I did it last night and it worked really well. Today, um, that's it. But what can often happen is that night can go on to the next night and the next night and that becomes a pattern. And before you know where you are, you know, the nights are getting later. The mornings are getting later. The food's getting faster. The workouts are getting skipped. And, you know, social life's gone out the window and you're in this place where work is just consuming you. And I think that's that's part of our, our drive that we need to learn to kind of tame and 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 harness but not let it take over and that's been a real big um change for me and something that I try and help my clients with is that actually you know there has to be balance because if you if you don't do it you can't play the game and you can't win at the game oh my god Kim I'm sat here just like hanging on to every word of yours because I know all of this, but I can see myself in this description, 100%. You know, if we have an opportunity where we can down tools and switch off, a, you know, make a, a, a break from social media, and we stop kind of, you know, scrolling, we make a bit of space and we start listening from within and then we get the evidence that we've made the right call. That's when we can go, well, that time it worked. So even though it feels really scary and it doesn't feel right and everyone else is doing it that way, I'm going to trust myself that this is okay. And we kind of follow those breadcrumbs. Um, and I'm so still on this learning process myself. Oh, okay. I don't think that we'll ever be <laughs> off it because the thing is we still have ADHD. Yeah. So there are still days when actually ADHD is taking a bit more of a control and driving the bus a little bit more. But actually the more we step into ourselves, the more we'll realize that. And I think also when we do that, what, what it enables us to do is like, you know, the big thing for me and what I do with all my clients now is like, okay, what is the plan? What do you want to achieve? What do you want this to look like? Like I quite often speak to my clients about what do you want, where do you want to be in 10 years time? And that seems like a really long way away for, you know, particularly again, ADHD is we're very YOLO, live in the moment and we can't necessarily always connect to that future self. But if we have an idea of what we really want it to look like. And then we can think, okay, where do I need to be in five years? Where do I need to be in a year's time? What needs to be happening now? And in that 10-year plan, things can change, things will change, but actually you've got it's kind of like the coordinates of a sat-nav. So you've got a direction and you can then start pulling yourself back and asking yourself, is this part of the plan? And is it worth it? So again, you know, the book, when I decided to do the book, I... um had decided to do the book before and I'd stopped and started and did it and I tried to cram it in between everything and I just thought okay if I'm going to do this how does my brain work best what is my I need a deadline I knew I needed a deadline which I had with the publishers and I knew actually I needed all distractions gone so actually I cleared my diary I thoroughly I did get my head down I I served my one-to-one -one clients, but I didn't, I wasn't trying to launch anything or do any pro. I was just like, this is what I'm doing. And I got my head down and it got really tough, particularly when it came to editing and all of that, because, you know, that's the, the boring part. Like we're kind of the brain switching off by then it's on to the next thing. 
but I was able to focus and think, no, this is the plan. And actually, if you if you focus on this now, you know, you're going to be an author in, uh, like it came out on the 22nd of September. So I was like, on the 22nd, you're going to be an author. And, and I was able to focus on it because, but before what I would have done and what I've tried to do is do the book as well mm -hmm. as everything else and fit it all in because I felt like I should be doing this and I should be doing all of that and I should be being seen. And I just thought, do you know what? If my socials, if I'm not on Instagram or if I'm not on you know, here, there and everywhere every day, that's okay. I'm going to be okay with that because I know that if I invest this time now, there will be the time. And so now that's how I run my business and that's how I encourage my clients to run their business. It's like, okay, what's the big picture here? What do you need to achieve? And actually, what's the noise? What needs to go? What are the distractions? And how can we best suit this environment and make this happen? And this is your focus and just focusing on this one thing, which I know that we find really challenging, but it's a lot harder without a plan. When you've got a plan, it, it it's a lot easier. But, you know, I knew this year for me in my business, there was so much I wanted to achieve and the old me would have tried to do it all at once. You know, I would have gone, well, I, you know, I'll get the, oh, I want to do the podcast and I want to do the book and I'll get it all going. And now I'm like, no, 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 that it's like one domino, knock that down. And then the next domino and then the next domino appreciating as you go along what you've done and having and sprinting. And if you sprint, that means that you take rest in between. It's not you try and sprint a marathon, which is how I used to how I used to do it all. Yeah. It's understanding that we're enough understanding that what we what we do is enough and actually you know part of it is understanding that it's not it's okay to stand still for a bit and just to and I think you know one of the things that I do with clients it's like we celebrate we celebrate the amazing things that you achieve I really hope you are enjoying today's episode and I wanted to let you know about all the resources and the library of content that I'm building for you on my website. I know so many of you who are waiting for a diagnosis or perhaps have had a diagnosis and then have just been offered the only option of medication. So my library of resources is really open for anyone that wants to learn more about how to help themselves and empower themselves with regards to their ADHD. As you probably have heard me talking about, I have my ADHD hormone series where I am speaking to lots of different experts and specialists about how our hormones have impacted us throughout our lives and the connection between ADHD. We're talking about migraines, about gut, about PCOS, endometriosis. We're talking about PMDD, postnatal depression, and the impact of ADHD on pregnancy. There are so many different areas and complexities that our ADHD shows up as women. And I want to give you that validation, but also give you lots of tools at your disposal, lifestyle tools, nutritional tools, being able to get genetic testings, really understanding your hormones, and also, of course, perimenopause and menopause and how that shows up. I'm speaking to lots of different doctors, nutritional therapists, real experts and scientists in their field. That is part of my resources, but I also have lots of free resources as well with regards to burnout, 
managing our energy, using EFT tapping, and just general well-being. So I really want you to be able to tap into these different resources, whether it's paid for, it's the free ones. Um, I've got your tapping into your gold workshop, which is a very empowering workshop, helping you thrive alongside your ADHD with regards to your career and leaning into your authenticity and really being open to what it is that you want out of life. Now you understand your ADHD, your brain, your energy, and I guess what your desires are now that you have more of an awareness around the way your brain works. So please head to my website, adhdwomenswellbeing.co.uk, choose the resources that work for you. Start slow, start with one workshop, with one resource, try not to get overwhelmed. But I do urge you to look at the ADHD and hormones workshops because it's so groundbreaking and we're giving you the most up-to-date information and I am updating this with new specialists and experts as we speak. So I've just updated it and from September onwards, we are going to be increasing the price due to the increase in resources. So if you are interested, I would urge you to, to look at it right now at the launch price. Now back to this week's episode astounds me about you is that you've got two masters so you're highly educated there's clearly a need for you to keep learning there's a a desire maybe a desire there's a curiosity and when we're interested in something we want to keep going and go first of all tell me a little bit about the two degrees that you've done and guess what is that leading towards and what is it that you want to be doing in this field so I did my well I did my undergrad in psychology and then I was working on like the inpatient wards, uh, mental health inpatient wards for a few years. And I kind of felt like I hit a bit of a glass ceiling where it's either kind of I went back to uni or I would just keep doing the same thing. But very on brand of ADHD, like I find it very hard to concentrate on things that I don't find interesting. So I had to like really search and look for topics. And it was it was between uh, the masters I did or a masters in psychology and music it was like mental health and and music and I was Mm. really really torn between the two that sounds amazing right like till now I'm like (laughs) (laughs) um, I might go back and study that too but yeah in the end I decided on cultural and global perspectives to mental health care um because I'm I'm really interested in uh black British kind of movements and I think there's always been studies kind of talking about how uh, how much worse off we are in terms of mental health outcomes. So I really wanted to learn about how that can actually be resolved and different ways of understanding mental health, whether it's from an African perspective or an Asian perspective, not just the Western lens. So yeah, I just really wanted to learn about that. And what I wanted to ask you is that, do you see yourself as like a lifelong learner? Because I see that in ADHD a lot, that we are like, oh, we've learned that, we've done that, next thing. Is that is that what you see in yourself? Yeah. And you know what? It's kind of a blessing and a curse because before I even finished the last master's, I was like, oh, <laughs> looking online, <laughs> like, I was like, you need to stop because at some stage you're going to have to rest and like reset your brain. But it's weird. It's like after every, everything is interest based and that's what kind of gets me through it. But it's like, a, it feels like a bit of a, a video game where it's like you achieve one level and then the minute you finish, you're just beamed into the next level like there's always another another task do you give yourself time to reflect and look back and be and actually congratulate yourself and be like wow 
Vivian, what I've just accomplished is massive mm-hmm. um, because I don't yeah. and I and I wish I did and I don't know how. And I just wondered for you, you know, obviously I'm saying to you, oh, my God, this is amazing. Look, you've got two masters. But have you ever given yourself that same pat on the back? Um, not really. This time last year, I graduated from the first masters because COVID kind of messed it all up. Um, and I remember I forgot that the graduation was happening because obviously yeah ADHD and it was so long ago uh so I kind of like last minute messaged some friends like hey should we all go out to eat I'm gonna graduate um and then I remember my friend kind of saying that they're really proud because they had told me months before that I need to like take stock of things that I've done even if it means just asking friends to go out for a meal to specifically celebrate that thing uh so that was like one occasion where I'm like okay I actually intentionally organize something to celebrate an achievement um and I was really proud of that but otherwise not really uh, it's kind of oh what's the next thing oh what else is on the to-do list which I know isn't good because it it doesn't give you space to actually take stock and it can make you feel like you've never achieved anything if you're always thinking about what's the next thing to do that's exactly it isn't it it's like you feel like you've not achieved because you've already once you've got to that place you've already moved on yeah like in your head you've moved on from there mm-hmm. and you've kind of been like right what's next exactly um and it it kind of yeah I'm like making me it's making me think as well but it it's that intentionality isn't it of going right we're gonna celebrate this there's gonna be a milestone we're gonna have a meal we're gonna have a drink like we're gonna go and I don't know go away or do something yeah. because otherwise we can it's just this juggernaut of achievements and productivity and I'm just curious like maybe from a well-being perspective how do you balance you know the working the studying and do you do you feel the burnout do you get overwhelmed like how do you manage that yeah I definitely do get overwhelmed and burnt out like I had to take some time off last year because it was just all way too much to balance um and I think it was it was difficult because I was the first cohort of this course in London, uh, even on a structural level, like it, everything was new. Um, so there wasn't kind of anyone to say, oh, you know, how did you manage last year or kind of ask for advice in that sense? Like we were kind of the first ones. The way I manage it in general is is I time block my days. Um, I've done a lot of CBT and I still kind of keep a lot of the the techniques that I learned through there were, you know, really planning out my week in advance. It helps with my ADHD and for my mood because I can say, you know, Thursdays is ADHD babes day and, you know, Tuesdays is a music day and Sunday is a rest day. Just really being intentional about that. Uh, and sometimes that doesn't work because, uh, you know, if there's lots to do on a Thursday for ADHD babes and it spills over, then I'm still going to be thinking about it all weekend. Um, so you know, I'm not really relaxed. Yeah. It can get really, really hard. I do sometimes just have to take breaks. And I think I'm just learning to be okay with that, that sometimes I don't have enough energy. Sometimes I'm tired and that's that's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's like knowing, like, first of all, giving yourself that compassion and then being mm. able to explain and, and be honest with your community, especially, you know, the fact that it's all volunteered um, and you're, you're giving your time. But I think the most important thing is, you know, is looking after looking after you and, and knowing that we always have to have these boundaries. 
he said, I'm so tempted. I would love to go back and study. I would love to go and do a master's. And I almost did um, a positive psychology degree, um, oh, no. master's in positive psychology just before the pandemic. Mm. Do you have any words of advice if there's someone that's listening that's in a similar situation about going back to study with the awareness of ADHD and what, I guess, what tools you've used that have really helped you with your I guess your productivity, but also your well-being, because I think it was my mm. well-being that I was more worried about than anything else. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think, I think you made hundred percent the best decision. I think like every decision we make has an impact, and the reality is like we have lots of different um, identities within ourselves. So you know, like you named a few, like mother, you know, you as a human being and your well-being interest in in you know positive psychology and then when we make certain decisions it does kind of move the bricks around a little bit or it kind of if we're holding all these bricks in our in our hands like adding on one brick might like start making us walk um you know to the left or it might be too difficult to carry all together so I think realistically especially with ADHD I feel like I have to be really intentional about things I take on because I know the reality is if I feel overwhelmed what that feels like is not the same as what it feels like to a neurotypical person the amount of time it takes to recover and to get out of it is I, I have to be careful you know I have to really really think about it and that even even if it's something as small as you know I don't want to go out two nights in a row because it's going to take me four days to recover like I have to genuinely consider those things and I think it's the same with education where I made the decision to do it the first time because it I could feel I was getting um stagnant in my role and that feeling was something that I couldn't deal with anymore so it was like out of the options kind of yeah I can decide to stay in in work or I'm gonna try and do do their studies and that's gonna motivate me forward because it's something new it's something exciting um but then to balance it I started doing reduced hours so even though I was making less money it meant that I had more mental time to be like okay I had uni today and now I can just sleep for the rest of the day um and I I, I did that for for the year because it was that's what I needed to do um to get through so I think generally managing uni because I you know had the the support at uni I had the extra time I handed in all my assignments late um <laughs> you know all the tutors knew that I had it so they would give me extra help and I could email and ask questions and things like that but also just in general, my life was was quite different for that year. Like I was a lot less social. Um, I didn't have as much time to, more so this last master's, I had a lot less time to to do music. I think I only organised one event last year, whereas before I would do events every every few months. Um, so yeah, it does, it, like when I, I look at it like a kind of, well, there's the spoon analogy where it's like, you know, if I've got 10 spoons for the day, when you study, it does take out, a chunk of it so I think it's making a decision to how can I accommodate with the spoons I have left what am I going to have to let go of if I say yes to the to the masters I'm going to have to say no to something else and just kind of accepting if that's okay and if it's not then that's fine we get to choose and I think that does sometimes it makes me sad because I'm like if I was neurotypical would I even need to think this much about it could I just because like we finished the masters and some people are like yeah I'm going to apply for the doctorate and I thought I need a year to just breathe I don't know how you can even imagine <laughs> like studying again, but I think there's always pros and cons to everything. And yeah, I, you know, I have to be more intentional and careful about decisions I make, but on the flip side, it means that I'm part of this community, which I find to be such full of such beautiful people. It means that 
my brain thinks differently to others and I can think of new ideas and I can be spontaneous and all the good things I enjoy about it so I think there's just a level of acceptance that has helped me um and with the acceptance comes the accommodations as well yeah that's beautiful and I think you know what you're learning on the ground as well Mm -hmm. is gonna always help you put all the theory into practice and I'm sure I have no doubt that you probably will go on and to do the doctorate at some point (laughs) let's see that you've got all this (laughs) Uh, you know I'm not saying like next year I have a feeling probably like you can see it in you know in in, in the distance what's interesting just going back to to that is that sometimes if you go to a doctor or a psychiatrist and they are still quite old-fashioned or not that experienced in ADHD and they go but look how educated you are look you've managed to get through school and you never got flagged up or you look you got through university or you've got a master's and again I speak to so many women who are like ridiculously educated with ADHD and they have managed to achieve things that probably has taken like twice or three times the amount of energy um, than someone you know neurotypical but they've still done it and that is what people don't see and it's that invalidation of like you can't have ADHD because look you're a doctor look you're an accountant and mm. it's just like it's crazy because it's just no one can see the struggle the internal yeah yeah honestly I call it flat out ableism because to assume that achievement is incomprehensible with ADHD it's it's an ableist concept because it's assuming that ADHD means a, a lack of an ability to achieve anything or, you know, a lack of an ability to, to apply yourself to something. And when you speak to people that are able to make it through higher education, it's often because the topic they're doing is of specific interest to them. It's often because they've found a bunch of people who have carried them through the course or, you know, they had a really good friend who would share notes with them and ask them when they're coming to class and all these things. Like, yes. Do you know what I mean? They found... Totally, oh, yeah. Gosh, I had, to this day, I always remember the girl in second year who every time I missed a class, she was like, Viv, you weren't there today. Viv, we have a deadline. Viv. And she genuinely got me through <laughs> second year. Without her, I would have failed. Yeah. So I think there's this mis- misunderstanding that if you have ADHD, you can't achieve. And like you said, the because people don't see how much more effort it takes to do it they think well you've done it full stop and again that's just a misconception of how disability works that sometimes people can do the thing but the amount of effort and time it takes to do the thing is what makes it a disabling act this what means that you know now they have a week out to try and recover from that and that's not that's not the way it needs to be what they need is the right accommodations the right support so that they can do it and still have a quality of life and not you know be flat out from achievement it It really grinds my gears when people do that. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you found what you were looking for in this conversation and it's helped guide you towards some further self-healing, self-exploration and most importantly, self-acceptance. And if you have enjoyed this conversation and would like to experience more of my work, such as access to exclusive live workshops and opportunities for group coaching sessions, connecting with other like-minded women, and a general feeling of belonging, please come and check out my monthly membership, the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Collective. I've made it as affordable as possible, and I offer you lots of resources and opportunities for connection and support from other women all around the world being diagnosed with ADHD later on in life. I'd absolutely love to see you there. All the details are in this episode's show notes or on my website, adhdwomenswellbeing.co.uk. See you in the next episode.